You're listening to the Just Means Less ACC podcast with your hosts, Micah and Nick, fifth quarter ACC. Nick, how are we doing? It's Tuesday afternoon, I guess more Tuesday night now at this point. Still sunny here in the central time zone, but we've got a um, not watered down slate this week as there are some pretty good games, but definitely not the slates we've been having over the last few weeks. So I guess how are things going? Just your initial thoughts looking at this uh, week four slate here in the ACC. Uh, everything's good. The It's been literally a monsoon. To, well, not a monsoon. It's just been pouring all day today. So hopefully when it stops, the weather will drop down some more, which is nice. But um, looking at the slate, I see two games that I got my eyes on for this week. Uh, but looking at the slate, I think this is a – very good ACC slate. I think we'll see some teams pull out some wins. Um, there are a lot of fairly easy uh, teams that uh, will be on some ACC schedules going into this week. So very excited to get into all of them for sure. Yeah, this is uh, this will be a, a good tell it all kind of week in the ACC. I think. I think too. I mean. This, this is the week where the ACC can solidify that they're not the worst Power 5 conference. If, if Syracuse can, can hang with Liberty, if Boston College can beat Missouri with their backup quarterback and Duke can beat Kansas, I think I think the ACC has clinched the fourth best conference in the Power 5, which I've seen some power rankings ranking the ACC lower, and I just want to understand why. Because at the end of the day, like, I don't see how you can make – like. If you go top to bottom, ACC versus Pac-12, I don't see where the ACC doesn't have the advantage. And you know, I, I thought it was funny. People say I'm, I'm biased when it comes to like, oh, East Coast bias. Like, um, I, now, if you've probably seen it in some of our replies when it's been me explaining my top 25, and it's like I am actually I have a very soft spot for the Pac-12. I actually have the Pac-12 network during work. I watched a lot of the Pac-12 network today. I watched five straight hours of the top 11. Or, top 12, sorry, top 12 players in Colorado history, USC history, Cal history, Stanford history, and Utah history. So, like, I don't want to hear this whole bias thing. I love Colorado football. Like, honestly, like, living pretty close to Folsom, I follow Colorado football. Not obviously at the level of these ACC teams, but pretty daggone close. I mean, I watched from start to finish that 30 to nothing beatdown that Colorado took this weekend in Minnesota. So, you know, I, I've, I've stayed up. I mean, I pulled the full from 11 a.m. my time. So noon kickoff Eastern time to two o'clock in the morning, my time, three o'clock in the morning, uh, Eastern time, you know, the slave Hawaii. Yeah. I stayed up and watched the entire Hawaii <laughs> San Jose State game. So I, that game I, started at midnight. Oh yeah. At, at 1145 Eastern time, I still had four screens going with, Arizona, Northern Arizona. I had BYU, Arizona State going. I had, uh, who was the ups? Fresno State, UCLA. I'm like, I don't want to hear it from those people. Like, I genuinely, like, if I hated the West Coast, I only would have ranked Oregon in, the, in my top 25, to be completely honest with you, because Arizona State hasn't done anything. And, and UCLA has a good win, but, I mean, losing to Fresno State's not a good look. And UCLA should get the same treatment that, like, a program like Miami should get, to be honest, in, in, in the way of, 
they always love to get early wins where you think they're good. You know, the Josh Rosen days when they blew up Virginia, Oh, UCLA is good. And then all of a sudden they poop the bed like a couple weeks later. It's like, Oh, they're not good anymore, but we'll give them the benefit of the doubt kind of thing. So anyways, that's my, my long rant here. So that's, that's kind of my uh, early bird going into the ACC is I just think that this could be a weekend where the ACC could clinch not being the worst power five conference and, it's sad that it comes to that point, but at the end of the day, if we're not, if we're, if we're better than the Pac-12, and honestly, I still think there's even a shot that we're better than the, the Big 12. If Tech would have beaten West Virginia, we would have had a lot better of a, a argument and leg to stand on. But um, this is just, um, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's. I'm really excited because I have to work Saturday, Nick. The best, the probably two of the biggest games I'm looking forward, and honestly, the, the three biggest games I'm really looking forward to. No offense to Clemson and NC State, I, I will get to the, my my thoughts on that game later. But the three games I'm most excited for are the first three games on the slate. I mean, I'm so excited for Wake Forest Virginia for obviously fan reasons. I love Malik Willis and Liberty, so I'm excited to see how they how Syracuse matches up with them. And I love the intrigue of Missouri Boston College. It's a weird matchup to begin with, like like. We just teams I never thought would play each other in a non-conference scheduling. But then too, again, you got a backup quarterback. You've got a Missouri team that I think is better than you know everyone says. So it's gonna be a fun week, a fun week for sure. But any other thoughts, or do we just want to get started here with the with the slate? Yeah, uh, just going off of like the ACC is the worst conference. I I guess people are saying that because of Oregon. Oregon has the big win over Ohio State. Uh, that's the only thing I can think of, because other than that, from top to bottom, because Clemson has that, I guess, quote unquote, good loss to Georgia. But Arizona is uh, they're the worst power five team. Uh, UCLA. Yeah, they have the win. But I going into that game, I knew LSU was not number 16 in the nation to start off the college football season. And USC always disappoints. And uh, uh, now they just fired their head coach. So I'll give Pac-12's fans Oregon. But other than that, I mean, like, I don't know. I keep forgetting Texas and Oklahoma are actually in the Big 12. Like, I kind of just forgot the Big 12 was in a was a conference still. But now they're, you know, I just – because of all that news. But I'll just give Pac-12 fans Oregon. Other than that, I think the ACC from top to bottom – is way better. So, uh, but I'm ready to dive into these games whenever you are. Yeah, one last thing to add to the thing that the thing, my again, my I have a favorite team in each conference. I don't know why, but I just have one team I pick and I follow very closely. The team I follow more than anything in the world in the Big 12, I'm actually a season ticket holder for them, is Kansas State. I've watched every one of their games. Kansas State is literally Boston College. The difference is Kansas State has already beaten some Power Five teams, or Boston College has not played a single Power Five team yet. I think if Boston College beats Missouri, they should be ranked higher than Kansas State. They are the exact same team. They have they're both on their backup quarterback. They're they were relying on their quarterback. I don't know if you know Skylar Thompson. He was at Mississippi State, came over to Kansas State. He is incredible. I mean, he's the only reason they beat Oklahoma last year. Um, you know, they're very similar teams, and it, it drives me nuts. Again, Kansas State, I, I have them ranked, so I'm not saying that they don't deserve to be ranked. But when you talk about the Big 12, Kansas State's like this, like know really great team and they're probably the fourth best team in the big 12 boston college is like seventh best team in the acc and we're kind of talking about them as like the national media especially is just kind of like yeah 
okay, cool. Like the fact that Boston College, I mean, I understand the whole road, you know, having the, or sorry, having the backup quarterback thing, but the fact Boston College is, is a two point underdog at home kind of bothers me because I mean, Missouri hasn't done anything either. I mean, they, they played Kentucky and lost. I mean, they didn't look very good against Central Michigan, and they sure they took care of Mississippi against a Southeast Missouri State team that uh, we'll get to their preview, but they are possibly one of the worst group of five teams that are FCS teams that these Power Five teams are playing. So, anyways, let's uh, let's just hop right into it. Wake Forest, Virginia, seven o'clock, ESPN two. My Hoos are a four-point favorite over my second favorite team in the ACC, Wake. In a over/under of sixty-eight and a half, I think the over might just hit here, Nick. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, 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 I'm just gonna go ahead and go get my prediction out of the way here. I think Virginia wins, but I think Wake covers. If that makes any sense, like I think this could be one of those games where it's close. Now, Virginia has had a tough time with Wake Forest the last couple of times they've played them. I've been in person for mo- most of those, but. Those have all been in, in, in Winston-Salem. Last year, I don't know what the heck went wrong with Virginia, but uh, the year before that was Bronco Mendenhall's first year. So they really weren't – and that was the kind of the breakout season for Wake when they uh, made the military bowl. So kind of they you know, got the ball rolling there for Dave Clawson's bowl streak. So, I mean, this is a team – like Virginia – like Brandon Armstrong leads the country in QBR. He leads the, he's like top five in total passing yards. Like I still don't understand because when I think Virginia football, I think like we're winning 24 to 20 with no quarterback or our quarterback has to run. I mean, Brendan Armstrong is a running threat, but he really hasn't been that. Like he's just been beating people in the air. I mean, I think the reason why I think Virginia wins is I think that Wake does not have the same talent at receiver or even truly at quarterback as North Carolina. So think though, I think Wake has a very underrated uh, secondary. I still like North Carolina secondary a lot more. And I think that the pass rush for Wake is better than North Carolina, but Virginia really doesn't struggle all that much with pass protection. I mean, yes, the Illinois pass, uh, pass defense was awful, but Brennan Armstrong had all day. And it wasn't like Brennan Armstrong was really running for his life against North Carolina. I mean, they got after him better than some teams did, but it wasn't anything that, like, I don't think that was the reason why Virginia struggled. So, and I also think, too, that, you know, I love Ty Chandler for North Carolina. I think Christian Beale Smith's a fantastic running back, but I don't think he's as explosive as Ty Chandler. I just think that, like, like, I, I don't, I don't want to call Wake Forest, North Carolina light on offense because that's not a fair take. But it kind of, it's almost like it almost is in a sense. Like Wake Forest is very, very good at the same things North Carolina is. I just would say that North Carolina has more dudes. I mean, correct me if you, I mean, tell me what you think there. But that's the only reason why. And I think too, I mean, I'm not trying to jinx myself here as a Virginia fan, but Virginia does not lose at home very often. They just don't like Virginia is a completely different team on the road than they are at home. I think that's going to really play a factor here. And I wish Virginia wasn't the favorite because then I would definitely feel more comfortable in picking Virginia to win outright. But this is one of those wake games where the, the national, like the eyes are all on wake. I mean, not that wakes getting a ton of national love, but I mean, wakes receiving votes. Finally, 
And that's kind of a Wake Forest. Like whenever Wake Forest seems to be kind of getting some national, you know, love to be a, a not a sleeper team in the conference, but you know, they're a top 25, top 35 team. That's when they kind of, again, seem to just find a way to, to lose a game. And again, I just think that Brennan Armstrong is that talented to where Virginia, I think talent wise is just a little bit better than wake. And because it's in Charlottesville, I think Virginia wins again. I'll take wake to cover just because that covers my bases in case wake does win the game. But I mean, I just, I don't, I just don't see, I don't see wake forest being able to slow Brennan Armstrong at the level they have. Cause I mean, my opinion, wake forest has played nobody, especially in terms of quarterbacks. I mean, old dominions quarterback. I mean, I believe it's Hunter Wolf. I remember correctly, Hayden Wolf. Not very good. He's actually, a, I had to watch him in high school in Venice, not in Florida. And then Norfolk State, not very good. And Florida State doesn't have a quarterback right now. Like Jordan Travis was banged up. Like Florida State had no offensive line. Like they were down half their offensive line starters in that game. Like Wake's not going to be able to have the same success they had against Florida State against Virginia. And again, I still took away from that Wake Forest game that they weren't as good as like people were kind of hyping up to be because I just thought Florida State played that bad. I think the way Florida State played on Saturday, Wake Forest, if they were as good as everyone's hyping them up to be, should have won by four or five scores. Yeah, this game is very, very tricky. The only thing that's going to surprise me uh, in this game is if uh, neither team scores more than 25 points. I think this is going to be a huge shootout. I'm honestly too scared to pick an outright winner because I could see both teams winning and both teams scoring a lot of points. Um, Brandon Armstrong's not getting enough love, uh, I think, in the media. I think I've heard his name come up because the fact that they played North Carolina, like, let's be real. If Brandon Armstrong threw 300, or I'm sorry, 535 yards against Duke or Georgia Tech, it wouldn't be a thing. Like, you wouldn't talk about it at all. But the fact that they played North Carolina and they lost, that's why he's getting a little bit of love. Now, if they had won, then it's like, oh, okay. But the fact that he plays for Virginia, you know, I, I think is a little unfair. And it's like that with every player that's not in the top program in the nation we were just talking we talk about our guy kenneth walker at michigan state who i believe right now is the best running back in college football like he is playing super well but is he going to be like in that heisman contention i don't know because he plays for michigan state grand michigan state is a level higher than virginia or wake forest but still anyways um I'm really scared about this game. Uh, if I were a better, I wouldn't bet on it. I, I would stay away. I would definitely bet the over. But, oh, man, these teams are both – it's weird. I think Wake, UNC, Virginia, and maybe a little bit of NC State, they're all really similar. They all have great quarterbacks that can throw. They all can run. They, they're very smart. They both have similar strengths at receivers and they all have similar defenses. I think from all of those four, I think state would probably have maybe the better defense, but it's a tough. This is going to be a very, uh, the only thing, this is the one of the two games 
that I said in the beginning where I'm circling that this is going to be a fun game to watch that I got my eyes on. This is it. This is one of them. Wake Virginia. This is going to be an ACC classic. I can't wait to watch this game. I don't know who's going to win. I would, I mean, Wake's my second favorite team and I will root for them in every single game besides NC state. Cause I grew up in Winston Salem. So I hope they win and I hope they get for, they become four and And then there's serious talk about uh, them being top 25, but I have a question for you, Micah, if wake wins this game, are they top 25? I, I, I think, I think they're top 30. I don't know if they're, top 25 just because of their schedule and i think they would need a lot to happen ahead of them which could possibly happen with how this football season's been trending they would need a lot to happen in order to be the top 25 if they beat virginia so i say if, if wake because i i don't know i don't think wake wins this game but like a field goal i think if this game's coming down to the last minute it's it that plays into virginia's hands that's kind of why i have virginia winning uh, if, you know, by, by less than four. I think if Wake Forest wins this game, you can make the argument that they deserve to be even top 22, 23 area, in my opinion. I, I don't think right now they're a top 25 team because of their schedule. But, you know, one of my favorite things is listening to, I listen to a Big Ten podcast, I listen to a Pac-12 podcast, I listen to a Big 12 podcast, I don't listen to any of those SEC garbage stuff because that's just, that's, that's almost the definition of brainwashing. Yeah, down south they complain about the government, but that's kind of what the SEC is in almost a sense. Like you're brainwashed to think you're automatically better than everybody else. But you know, something that I really took that that kind of it's the narrative across the country right now. College football is a giant parody. Like this is like this like we really need like I'm trying to do my very best to really appreciate this college football season because it's already off to an amazing start. Yeah. Thinking about, you know, again, teams that are in the top 25, I need to, I don't have the, let me pull the AP poll up real quick. But like, for example, I got a lot of flack on social media for thinking that BYU is not a top 15 team. But like BYU barely beat Arizona, barely beat Utah, whose quarterback just transferred out because he lost the starting job because he realizes he's not that good. And Arizona State, who, who struggled with UNLV. Like, I'm not, like, I get it, BYU. You beat two ranked teams, you did, but you did it at home. And your road win against Arizona, A, doesn't even look that good because Northern Arizona went to Arizona and beat them by the same score. But two, like, you did it in Vegas where half your fans were there. Like, it's, it's one of those things where this year there's, like, I think that Wake Forest, if they beat Virginia, is just as good as Kansas State, just as good as UCLA, just as good as Fresno State. Just as good as North Carolina, to be honest. I mean, the thing that stinks this year is, I mean, there's just so much parity. Like, you're looking at teams receiving votes right now. Like, there's a lot of, again, good college football games. Kansas State, who's 25th in the AP poll, will be playing 28th ranked in the AP poll, Oklahoma State this weekend. One of the, whoever wins that game stays in that top 30. Whoever doesn't's gone. So if Wake beats Virginia, they should move up past them. Maryland's got, what does Maryland have again? I can't remember who Maryland has now off the top of my head. Oh, they have Kent State. I would not be shocked if Kent State screws around and beats Maryland. Like, Maryland could fall out easily. Arizona State plays Colorado. They hopefully should win that game. But if they struggle, then that kind of gives you a sign that Arizona State's not very good. I mean, this is a Wake Forest team that – UCLA plays Stanford. 
Yeah, exactly. Like there are a lot of teams that are just in front of Wake Forest or maybe right behind them in the polls and voting that one of them is going to have to lose. So I think if, if Wake Forest beats Virginia and more than likely, as you said, it's probably going to be high scoring. I agree with you. Like it's, you know, nothing catches people's eyes more than a team dropping 45 and a win. Like that's the part that drives me nuts with Virginia this past weekend is like, Thankfully, a lot of the national, like the main national media is not writing off Virginia. It's not very good. I mean, Packer and Durham, I mean, on their uh, wonderful power rankings, they still have Virginia in the top five. Both of them do in their power rankings for the ACC because they just think that that loss to North Carolina is more a, a tip of the hat to North Carolina than it really is to Virginia. I think that showed a lot of weaknesses with Virginia. But, you know, there's a lot of reasons to kind of look at, at this Wake Forest team. And if they beat Virginia – this is a 4-0 team because they like they may have struggled a little bit with Norfolk State. I you know I nitpicked that game a little bit more than I should have, but they've taken care of business in every way you should. Like you look at Kansas State, they've done the exact same thing. Like their starting quarterback goes down, and honestly, they should have lost to Southern Illinois because the way that that momentum just got dropped from from Kansas State like killed them. But they found a way to win. And then they've taken care of business, both against Nevada and Stanford, who are very good football teams. Like, Wake Forest has 30-point wins in every one of their games but Florida State, and they won that game by 21, and that game was never in doubt. Never in doubt. So I think that they it, it could justify it. I don't know if I would rank them in my top 25, but then, again, it depends on if Kansas State and Oklahoma State play a seven – I would honestly could be a seven to six game in Stillwater – I might be more enticed and the the national media might be more enticed to go, well, Wake Forest scored 45 against Virginia. And again, if Wake Forest can slow down, like, because no one slowed down Brian Armstrong. Like I was pretty pissed off that Brian Armstrong was not the quarterback of the week in the ACC because he out threw Sam Howell by over a hundred yards. Like I understand Sam Howell won the game, but to be honest, in my opinion, Sam Howell didn't win that game. That was a hundred percent. North Carolina's defense stepping up to a point, and the fact that Ty Chandler finally broke out to what the caliber of player he is. So, again, I I think they should be a top twenty-five team if they win, but it's the ACC, so they probably and it's Wake Forest, so they probably won't be ranked just yet. They'll have to go take care of business against Louisville at home first. So. Louisville getting a vote. So you never know. Yeah, exactly. So, and that's that's something that we have to keep an eye on. But yeah, big game for Syracuse. Big game, honestly, because I mean, selfishly in a way, Nick, I wouldn't be too upset if Liberty blows out Syracuse just because I'm getting a lot of flack for having Liberty in my top 16 right now in my top 25, just because like I've been a believer. Like I had in my top 16 when the started, and they haven't done anything to make me think they don't deserve to be there yet. Um, so this is a chance like that they can prove it by again it's Syracuse, but if they go on the road and blow them out, then it kind of gives you an idea of like at the end of the day, the ACC, like no one's giving Syracuse any credit, anyways. And heck, if Syracuse beats Liberty, the national media is just gonna go, Oh, Liberty is overrated. Like they're not even gonna give Syracuse any pat on the back for that. So I mean, so Syracuse is a six-point underdog at home. This game's at eight o'clock. For whatever freaking reason, gotta love an eight o'clock Eastern kickoff when it's on the ACC network. The ACC network, you dictate what time the game's on. Why are you putting this at eight o'clock at night? I mean, I don't mind it because it's seven o'clock my time, so I'm okay with it. 
Like, really? At 8 o'clock, kickoff of the game won't end until midnight <laughs> on the East Coast. And there's a whole Saturday of football the next day. But anyways, like, I mean, I'm taking Liberty, and I'm taking Liberty to, to cover the six. I, I just I haven't seen enough in Syracuse just yet. I mean, they beat Albany, and they beat Ohio. I mean, Rutgers honestly doesn't look that bad. They took care of Delaware, which you get an FCS team, but they like they took care of Delaware, and that's a FCS playoff team. So, I mean, Rutgers is undefeated, so it's not like, you know, Rutgers is a bad loss for Syracuse by any means. But I think Liberty's better than Rutgers. I think that, no offense to Noah Vedral, the quarterback at Rutgers, but you are nowhere near the talent of Malik Willis. And let's be completely honest, being that Liberty is the, I mean, even though it's not on ESPN or ESPN2, being that Liberty gets a chance to, it's their first game this year that's not on ESPN Plus or ESPN3. The fact that you're on a, a television network that people actually somewhat have, and because it's one of like five games in the entire country on a Friday night, to think that Hugh Freeze is not going to take advantage of his one of two P5 games this year, if he gets the chance and just blow and blow out a P5 team and boost his status to maybe leave Liberty, but also just boost Liberty in general into that conversation of the group of five New Year's Six team. I mean, I just, I don't see where they don't. I really think that Liberty is going to put up close to 35 on Syracuse. I just don't think, I don't think Syracuse can keep up right now. I mean, I'm more curious what Syracuse decides to do with the quarterback. I I personally not really sold, you know, on our guy, Tommy DeVito. So I'm kind of thinking here that it's in the best interest of, of Syracuse here to really, really dig deep and, and, and see if Garrett Schrader's the guy, because I think he might be. And again, I would be shocked if we don't see both. So I think we'll see both quarterbacks and, I just, I think Liberty is just too good. I mean, they struggled with Troy. That's something that people are kind of writing to, but that game was just a sloppy game. And even then Troy was only a three point underdog at home and Liberty still covered that. So I think Liberty is going to cover this one. Honestly, I could see an argument where Troy is as good as Syracuse to be completely honest. Yeah, this is a big game for Syracuse because last year Syracuse played Liberty and they got absolutely embarrassed. This is how, why I think Syracuse going into this season fell for me to be the one of the worst power five schools um, in the country. So if you're Syracuse, man, you have to, you have to try and cover this spread. You said it was three and a half. No, it's, it's six, six. I'm sorry. Six. Yeah. Okay. So. I don't know if they cover, to be honest with you. I can tell you this. Syracuse is a lot better than I thought. They're very much improved. But if I'm not a big fan of moral oh, so, Nick, 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 I just want to make sure you understand they're a six-point underdog, right? You know that, Yes. Right? Yeah. I just want to make sure. Because I, I, I wasn't sure because the way you were seeing it, if it was three and a half, you hesitated. Then you're like, I don't know, it's six. I was like, I just wanted to make sure you knew that it was Syracuse as the underdog here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that they're the underdog, yeah. Um. I'm not a big fan of moral victories. I re- I'm really not. But when you look back at Syracuse the last couple of years, if you can make this game close and you still lose, though, I think that's – I will accept that being a moral victory that you can kind of celebrate 
not like in the locker room, but kind of like as a program, you go back to the drawing board on Monday and be like, Hey, last year, these guys killed us this year. We played some damn good ball against them. This was good. This is a step forward. So that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for Syracuse to take that step forward. And that's another thing that you brought up, Micah, about the quarterbacks. Uh, I'm, I said it on our um, recap on Sunday that I was still a little surprised that they didn't stick with a quarterback during the Albany game. I feel like that's the type of game where you keep one starter in, let him get as many reps as you can, and then let, let it play out and see what happens. And then if he sucks, then bring in the other guy. I was really hoping that would happen, but that's what I'm going to be looking forward to in this game is how they're going to uh, split QB times and reps during this game. But you, for me, you, for for me going into this game, for this to be a moral victory in my head, I think Syracuse needs to cover a 10 and a half point spread in my head, just because of how bad it's been. I think six and a half is, I think that's a little tough for Syracuse, especially with a well-coached team like Liberty. So if they can keep this game within 10 points and challenge them, make some great plays, figure out some kind of strategy with the quarterbacks, I consider that a good moral victory. Yeah. And the thing that, the thing that frustrates me about this game is there is so much incentive. I mean, obviously the spread has Liberty. But there is so much incentive and bulletin board material that Hugh Freeze can put in that locker room at Liberty. Like, this is a Liberty team. Again, I have them in my top 16, and I understand why I get roasted, honestly, on social media, because they're not even cracking the top 35 in a lot of people's polls. So, again, if you're Liberty, like, you have to be a little pissed off. I mean, I understand you can't take a lot of what happened last year and just roll it over to this year. But they do that with every other damn team in this country. That's why Miami was ranked at the beginning of the season. That's why Clemson is always in the top three, no matter what we're expecting. That's why, again, we had teams like – that's why Cincinnati is literally in the top ten right now. Like, yes, they finally took care of business against Indiana, but Indiana has looked very good this year. Cincinnati hasn't looked good against really anybody this year, like in terms of top 10 worthy. So this is something that, again, like if you're Liberty, I, I just think this is the breakout game for Liberty. I'm honestly scared. Like, like again, I really want to lock this game up because I think either Liberty blows this game out or Syracuse wins. That's, that is how I see it. I, if it's, if it's within seven points, Nick, I genuinely think Liberty, I think, I think, Syracuse wins. I really do. Because I just think that if Liberty is a team I think it is, they will take advantage of this national spotlight and they will roll. Next week, Liberty gets to open up UAB's brand new stadium on CBS Sports Network at 7 o'clock. This game is still going to get more eyes than that. After that, Liberty hosts Middle Tennessee State, goes to Yale Monroe, goes to North Texas, hosts UMass, and then goes to Ole Miss. Until November, this is really their last game that matters. Maybe at yeah, UAB is a trap. I think UAB is pretty good, but you're playing three of arguably the bottom 25 in college football after that. Like, 
you have, and again, Syracuse might even fall into that bottom 40 category. So if you're Liberty, you should see that I think Liberty is the better team. Take advantage of the national spotlight. It's Hugh Freeze. He's not going to hold back. I mean, again, like you talked about it last year with your boys. I mean, they gave it, like they, they should have beaten NC State, to be completely honest with you. They should have beaten. Yeah. And they beat Virginia Tech and they rolled Syracuse. Like, People don't like Liberty because they call it a religious cult school. I grew up, my best friend from high school is on the D3 club hockey team there. Like, I visit him all the time. Liberty's was like, Liberty is just BYU of the Baptist faith. Like, that is it. It's the only difference. If you want to, like, attack Liberty for being a cult, then, I mean, attack BYU for being a cult because they're basically, like, the same type of principles. We're strict. No drinking, no this, no that, you know, kind of thing. But... I mean, this is a program that they have spent so much money. Like, honestly, having been to both teams, like campuses and facilities, I would argue that Liberty has the better stadium, the better indoor facility, the better locker rooms, the better campus, the better location. Like, no offense to Syracuse, New York, but Lynchburg, Virginia is gorgeous. Like, I think Liberty's got better players. I think the Best like Malik Willis, if he came over to the ACC, he's probably a top four quarterback in the conference. And let's be honest, Tommy DeVito and Derek Schrader at the very bottom of the quarterback rooms in the, in the conference. So I just I think Liberty should roll here. I really do. I, I in a way I hope I'm wrong, but in another way, like I kind of hope I'm right about how I feel about Liberty. But yeah, I just don't I just don't see it. Yeah, I guess we'll see. I don't know. Uh, I'm just hoping that Syracuse really just makes this a good game. That's all you can really hope for from what happened last year. Yeah, no, I agree. All right, let's – even though technically one of these games is at a, a new, at 12.30 and, and then there is a game that we, I really want to focus on at 12 o'clock with that Missouri-Boston College. But let's do three quick housekeeping games just to get them out of the way. Perfect. Here goes to Pitt at noon on ESPN+. Plus. Richmond goes to Virginia Tech at noon on ACC Network. And Central Connecticut State goes to Miami, Florida. I don't know why I had to say Florida. I'm sorry. <laughs> at 30 on your beautiful Raycom Sports Network. So, Nick, instead of really previewing this game, I'm just going to give you a quick rundown of each of these FCS teams. New Hampshire is 3-0. They beat Lafayette by 6, Stony Brook by 6, and Towson by 12. To give you an idea of what that compares to the FBS level, Stony Brook lost to Oregon by like 50 this past week, and Lafayette lost to Air Force by about 20 in week one. Um, so to just give you an idea of where New Hampshire lies, even though they are three and zero, they you know they haven't really beat anyone of note. Richmond is two and one with wins over Howard Big and Lehigh Big, and then a last second loss at Villanova. So they're going to come off a little upset and angry. And then we've got. Last but not least, Central Connecticut State, who is one and two with a 46-point loss last week to Southeast Louisiana, a two-point win over Wagner, who, by the way, lost to, I believe it was FAU, 62-7 to in week one, and Southern Connecticut State, who is a D2, right? Yeah, D2 team, but they lost by 7-2. Oh, my God. Here are there. I, I don't have spreads. CVS doesn't have spreads for these FCS games, so I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna waste time looking them up. Let's pose the question: Who of these three ACC teams? Do you, first off, 
Are you more confident in them? Are we the, as a conference? We go three and zero here, or do you think there's an upset? But like, if you had to bet, and the line, let's say, like the money line is like, I don't know, minus three hundred right now that we go three and zero. So you have to put a little like you're risking a lot more, assuming three and zero. Do you think three and zero is the choice here, or like, do you think that we might lose one of these? I I really don't think we lose any of these. I think I'm putting the house on three and Oh, I will be absolutely shocked and disappointed in any one of these three teams that loses this game or it doesn't win by at least 20 points of any of these games. The only, the only team I could see possibly giving someone a rough time is maybe Richmond giving a rough time to Virginia tech only because Richmond had, I think between the three schools, between New Hampshire and Central Connecticut State and Richmond, Richmond has more experience playing at high, playing against higher level teams. That's my only reasoning. Uh, but no, put the house on these teams, all of them winning by at least twenty points. That's my take on that. I think we're three and zero. Let's. You actually, you kind of answered my question. I'm gonna go with. I'm going to go – one team's going to lose here. I'm going to go with Virginia Tech losing to Richmond. I don't think it's going to happen, but if I had to pick one to be an upset. So I agree with you. Richmond is probably the better team. They're in one of the best conferences in, in the FCS ranks at least. And I think, too, like even though Virginia Tech's coming in ticked off, obviously losing to Virginia Tech – or excuse me, Virginia Tech, losing to West Virginia, Richmond's coming ticked off too. That They lost to Villanova. So they've got them going for them. Honestly – I'm going to be so disappointed when Miami's only up like 21 to three at halftime against Central Connecticut State. I'm going to be so pissed, Nick. You have no yeah. idea I'm going to be. Oh, I 100% agree like, with you on that. I think any team in the ACC, like if Syracuse played Central Connecticut State, I would expect it to be 49 to nothing. Like, honestly, like, no offense to you, Central Connecticut State. Like, good for you for getting a check in this game, but holy shit, you suck. You're so bad. Like I, I, I had to look this up. Like to give you an idea, I thought Wagner, what a girl that went to my college and played lacrosse as well. She, she works for Wagner's athletic department selling football and stuff like that. And I've seen her stuff on social media. I like not followed them, but when I saw they're at FAU, like I was like, oh, maybe like maybe there'll be a close game. FAU likes to play these group of five teams. But I think it was FAU. Actually, I'm gonna confirm this real quick before I start bashing them for losing to to FAU and not somebody else, but, um, oh no, sorry. That loss was 69 to seven to Buffalo. That's who it was. 69, seven to Buffalo, which about this equals FAU to be honest, but six, yeah. seven, <laughs> like, and they also lost to St. Francis by 15 who lost to Eastern Michigan by like 30. So again, like not a good football team Wagner and Central Connecticut state literally barely pulled that one out. So anyways, long story short, like Miami, if you even want to make a bowl game, you have to win by like four this year. You have to. I don't care if Diego King doesn't play this game. If you use the third string quarterback, you should still win this game, man. Four scores, five scores. Like your defense should keep like Central Connecticut State better not score an offensive touchdown in the first half. I will be furious, absolutely furious, because just, there's just no excuse for it. There's absolutely no excuse for it. I will say that New Hampshire game, like I don't want to sleep on them and. I mean, I think Pitt hopefully is going to realize that, hey, we can't sleepwalk again like we did last week. 
but it is Pitt, so I won't put it past them. But anyways, let's move on to the best game of the noon slate on ESPN2. Boston College, a two-point road – or home dog, excuse me, against the mighty SEC's Missouri Tigers. Give you an idea of Missouri, Nick. They opened the season with a 10-point win over Central Michigan, lost by a touchdown at Kentucky, and then beat a Southeast Missouri State team by 31. But to give you an idea of Southeast Missouri State, they might be as bad as Central Connecticut State. They lost to FCS National Champion from last year, Sam Houston, by 40. And they lost to Southern Illinois, who, again, gave Kansas State a run for their money. But they lost that game by 26. So, again, not a great team at all here in Southeast Missouri State. Uh, and that's Missouri's most recent win. I mean, Connor Bazelak can sling the rock, the quarterback for Missouri. He's got 897 yards this season with nine touchdowns and one interception. I think that this will be the best defense Missouri has faced this year. Um, again, I haven't dialed into a bunch of Kentucky games, but from what I've heard from the national media, Chip Patterson from the Cover 3 podcast, he really hypes or harps on the fact – actually, no, not Chip Patterson, excuse me. Um, oh, no, I'm drawing a blank now. Oh, no. Bud Elliott, excuse me, from 24-7 Sports, and he's also on the podcast. He's talking about how he's not sold on Kentucky's defense this year. They kind of struggled against UL Monroe. Um, I think that this is the best defense Missouri will face. I think Alumni Stadium is going to be rocking for this game. I think Boston College has a lot to, to prove. These are two great up-and-coming coaches. Screw it. And Dennis Grossell, I trust. Give me Boston College to win outright, so obviously covering a two-point underdog spread. I mean, I, I don't I don't know because Missouri can sling the rock. And, like, if Phil Dracovic was here, I would feel very confident right now. But I don't know if Grissel can swing the rock, but I also think that Missouri could potentially run the ball pretty well against this team. I mean, in, in that Missouri-Kentucky game, Kentucky ran the ball pretty well against Missouri. I mean, Chris Rodriguez had three touchdowns on 205, or 205 yards on 27 carries. So, and, and I think that Zay Flowers is as good of a receiver as Wondell Robinson had over 100 yards receiving in that game for Kentucky. And no offense to Will Levis, but you're, you're not better than Phil Jakovic, and you're probably better than, than Dennis Grossell, but you're not drastically better. So I think that Boston College should win this game. My only concern is Boston College has not played anybody yet. So I'm kind of concerned to see what once they face some sort of true resistance, if that really affects anything. Plus, now saying that they would look ahead, but they do have Clemson next week. So that's something to maybe kind of keep an eye on as well. Yeah, this this game is very this is a very weird matchup. I think you put it best uh, in the beginning of the podcast. But what's the over under on this game? I'm very curious. I feel like it's going to be very low. It is fifty nine. Oh, so a little bit higher than I thought. To be honest, Missouri does like to score a little bit. I mean, I'm yeah, here for sure. But you know, I. Uh, percent of the money right now is on the under just yet just a little bit. gotcha all right um i don't know i really wish phil was playing this game because i'd feel more confident for, for boston college they 
we put it best, and I think you mentioned it. They just have looked French vanilla. They their wins are, I mean, the teams they played are not impressive at all. They played the worst American team, in my opinion. They played the worst FBS team and probably one of the worst FCS teams. Uh, so I'm not, I don't know. This game is going to tell a lot, not only for Boston College, but also for Missouri, because you have to travel. And I get they lost to Kentucky, but I think Kentucky is a good football team this year. I think they're going to finish two or three in the SEC East this year. Uh, and the fact that they only lost by a touchdown is, you know, I again, I'm not a moral victory guy, but I think that's kind of impressive in itself a little bit. Uh I don't know. I really don't know what to expect out of this game. I feel like it's going to be very low scoring. Um, I just wish Phil was playing this game. I really do. Cause I think I would feel more confident of Boston college winning. Uh, but I'm really am rooting for them because that would look really good for the conference. If you're rooting for the conference and I want Boston college to take that extra step. We talked about it before how Boston college they're sitting in that six, seven, sometimes eight range. This would be a huge step for them to play an SEC opponent, take it to them at their stadium, and uh, get some national recognition. We talk about Wake not really getting that much national recognition. Boston College hasn't either. And these are the two only undefeated teams in the ACC. So I think a big win here. Uh, I think that's a huge step forward for this Boston College program. The problem is, is I don't feel comfortable with their quarterback. Yeah, I like. So here's my thought process. If Boston College wins this game, they deserve to be ranked, not Wake. I agree. I think I, – I mean, if, if either one of them deserves to be ranked, I would choose Boston College. I would fight harder for Boston College unless Wake – blows out Virginia, then obviously there might be a change. Like, based off what we're kind of expecting here, like, Boston College wins close, Wake wins close. Yes, Wake went to Virginia and did on the road, but beating an SC team with your backup quarterback, that just shows you how talented you are. Like, in my opinion, that's that's worthy of a top 25 spot. Plus, you cannot tell me that the voters and, and ESPN is not going to push to have a ranked matchup on next Saturday when Boston College heads to Clemson. So, again, and, like, I, I actually like I me mean, again. I would rather Jakovic be in the games. I think it would be a lot more fun. But it does help. I, I hate to be the guy, like, in terms, but looking at the conference landscape, having the excuse if Boston College plays this game close where they're with their backup quarterback, and it's a very good starting quarterback. It's not like this is a team that, like, it's not like oh, – I'm trying to think – it's not like Syracuse, whose backup quarterback is also their starting quarterback. Like, there's really no trade-off. Like, this is a true drop-off from Djokovic to Grissel. So, again, this is this is going to be a great test. I'm so glad this is a noon game, even earlier for me, an 11 a.m. game. So it just means even more time for me to watch it. I, I can't wait for this one. I mean, this will be. Well, this is my this is my AC game. To be completely honest, yes, there's a bigger game that we're going to talk about here in a minute. For the national landscape, this is my game of the week because this is the statement game for the conference. If a backup quarterback and a team like Boston College can beat Missouri when they're the underdog, at, even though it's at home, that's going to be enough to convince me that they are they are legit. 
hundred percent agree. All right. Well, let's uh, let's move to another two point spread. Florida State only a two point underdog at home. Opened at two and a half, so it's being bet. Now it's kind of being bet back towards Louisville, but it opened with a lot of bets going towards Florida State. Two again, two point dog. Florida State at home. I mean, I'm going to take Louisville here. I'm back again. I'm giving my ex girlfriend another chance. I, I, I'm not. I'm not getting committed. We're not getting back together just yet. But I'm taking her to the movies on Saturday after the picnic. I think that that Louisville should win this game. They have the better. Like my only concern is we get a bad Millie Cunningham. That's the only concern. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think Louisville is going to get confidence. I don't. I don't see a hangover from that game. And I honestly question if Florida State's quit. I. Listening to that cover three podcast, they have two Florida State guys. Danny Cannell, of course, played there, and Bud Elliott is from the Tallahassee area. Like, Florida State is still going to be without a bunch of their offensive line. You cannot tell me that this Florida State team offensively is more scary than UCF is. I would even say that maybe even defensively, they're not that much scarier. Now, Florida State Stevens has looked pretty good. I will give them credit. But I still think Louisville should win this game by a touchdown. Maybe even more. I don't like that it's in Tallahassee, but I also feel like Tallahassee is going to be 75% full. Because I hate to say it, but that's a very bandwagon fan base. And rightfully so, I understand if you're fighting on Florida State fans. You're, you're off to your worst start in the history of the program. If you were one and two with a win over Jacksonville State close, I would almost be a little bit more like, hey, guys, show up. Like, stuff happens. But you have your worst loss in the history of your program. It feels like the sky has fallen. This has been three, four years in a row now. It feels like where this team has just been Nothing but disappointments. You don't know who your quarterback is. I think I heard something about Jordan Travis might even be out or maybe Mackenzie Milton or something like that. There was something they were talking about on the podcast where we might actually have to see. Hold on. Let me, let me just see if I can find it real quick. But there's like, like again, that Chuba Purdy might be the backup this week. I don't know if that – I don't know which one is not playing. I'm assuming it would be Milton if I had to guess. But, like – I don't want Chuba Purdy running out there. I think he's potentially going to have some upside, but he's not better than Malik. Like this is a conference where we have very good quarterbacks. So besides maybe playing Syracuse, you can't just trout out your third string quarterback and be able to compete. In my opinion. So, I mean, I, I just, Florida State, I hope you proved me wrong and you're, and you're actually competitive in this team. I don't see it though. I really don't. Florida State is a mess. They're a mess. I don't trust them. I don't. Uh, their their quarterback situation is more confusing than Syracuse's quarterback situation. I thought we had a clear answer for Florida State. Obviously, after that Wake game, we do not. So the, their offensive line is down. Uh I, I, I don't know. I don't see a bright light here at Louisville. The UCF game was the cup of coffee where you go meet your ex. You're like, okay, fine. Let's talk. Let's see how this goes. If it goes well, then you go to the movie theater, right? This is the movie theater. Let's see if we could get that spark back for Louisville. I think that spark is going to come back because they're headed in the right direction. I was very afraid of Louisville going the wrong direction because I think we focused so much on that Ole Miss game 
where we didn't realize like, yeah, we knew Ole Miss was going to be good, but Ole Miss is actually very, very good. And I think I'm not ready to walk back my take on does Scott Satterfield have the team? Does he want to be in this program? I'm not ready to walk that back yet. But if they can dominate against Florida State and win by at least 10, screw it. I'll give them this. If they can win by like a touchdown, because it is, they are going to Tallahassee. Louisville still struggles, but everything's looking really good for Louisville. They're improving a lot. Cunningham looks way more comfortable now than he did against Ole Miss in week one. I think this game is going to be very, very good for Louisville. I think we're going to enjoy the movie. The bo- the popcorn's going to be buttered right. The soda's going to be nice and icy cold. And then we might go out to a fancy dinner and really make this an official thing next week. Uh, I don't know who Louisville has next week, but I have a good feeling about this movie theater date for Louisville. I think they're going to do really well. And I, I just don't see a silver lining for Florida State anymore. Um, nothing is just working. Nothing, nothing is working for them right yeah. now. No, absolutely. I agree. And to continue the uh, good old ex-girlfriend mantra, they play Louisville plays Wake next week in, in Winston-Salem. So oh, right. If, if, if Louisville wins this week and then goes to Winston-Salem and wins there, then we're getting back together. Like this week is, like you said, we're going to the movies. If, if, if things are going well, maybe we'll grab ice cream afterwards. And then if, you know, if it ends well, the night ends well, then we'll next week, we'll, uh, I'll, I'll bring you back home for family dinner on Friday night or Saturday night, whatever day that is. And then screw it. If they cover uh, against Wake, I think it'll still go well. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair too. I, I, if they, if they, if they call I won't have to see the spread, but like if Louisville loses by like three, then yeah, I probably would want to do one more date. Uh, they've, they've, they've broken my heart a little too much. I'm a little bit more hesitant, but yeah, no, this is, um, this is a show me something game for really both teams. But I mean, to be honest, like Florida state's trying to, to avoid their worst start in 47 years. And that's crazy to think about. I mean, again, this is like what's it's what's really sad is I, mean, I don't know if you saw this stat, Nick. This is their worst start since Bobby Bowden's first year. And considering everything that's been, you know, this year, like it's just crazy how history likes to do weird stuff like that. Like, I mean, Florida State loses here. They host Syracuse next week. How much energy do you have for the game? How much energy does the fan base have for homecoming against Syracuse? But if you lose that game, you're going to North Carolina the next week. You're telling me that you think that Florida State's going to win that one, no matter how bad Florida State's had Mac Brown's number his entire career? I would bet North Carolina win by six touchdowns. Like, Florida State's saving grace is that the fact that they host Syracuse and host UMass. Like, if they didn't have UMass <laughs> after a bye against North Carolina, they'd be screwed. How sad is it that we have to look at Florida State and go, they have to, they have to, they're, they shouldn't even have to worry about looking ahead to Clemson because they have UMass the week before. You can't overlook UMass to prepare for Clemson. That's so sad. Like, right, Jacksonville State, in my opinion, is probably better than UMass, so I hope Florida State at least beats UMass. But, geez Louise, I mean, oh, anyway. Norvell gets fired if they lose to Syracuse. 
That's my hot take. Uh, I don't. I, I genuinely don't think for Novell gets fired for multiple reasons. One, the recruiting class that he has right now, there's been no decommits. Like they have a top fifteen recruiting class, and no one's decommitting. So, I think if you're Florida State, you look at that and you don't want to lose it. I think if you're Florida State, especially like it's kind of like the Harbaugh thing in Michigan. Not to this, obviously Harbaugh's not had this bad of a season in Michigan, but it's like the fans want one thing. But the insiders inside the program know that this is a rebuild that people want to truly admit. That's my thought process behind it. And I genuinely think that this, this, this athletic department also can't afford the check. I don't, I, again, a big thing, I, I'm a big believer in it too. Like when you fire a coach, you really, you do set your program back a year within recruiting by itself. Florida State's already behind the eight ball. Give Mike Norvell a chance to at least be on an even, even playing field again. Like he had a team that had no motivation. He has his first year be a COVID, a weird COVID year. So I, I don't even think last year should count. Like my opinion, this is year one for him. In my honest opinion, this is a true year one for him. And yes, it's not going well at all. But at the end of the day, like he's kind of weeding out some of the bad guys. I mean, again, guys are offense like starters are quitting because they don't want to do conditioning for punishment for losing. Like. I get it. You're probably a four or five star guy and you're not used to that kind of stuff, but you're losing to wake. You're losing to Jacksonville state. You're losing games. You shouldn't be losing at Florida state. Like if you are that much, I, I'm not going to attack a kid. If, if you don't believe in like being ran when you lose, I mean, I remember how many times I like when I got ran in high school and our team was not very good. Like that's part of it. I understand the conditioning program for State's probably a lot harder than my high school coach was, <laughs> but I mean, just I, – I, I still believe in Mike Norvell. I, I truly do. And I've heard some people at Florida State, again, that cover your podcast, Danny Cannell, he likes Mike Norvell. He's still on the Mike Norvell train. And if guys like – if people in the program at Florida State are, are still believers, then I'm a believer. I, I genuinely think that – like, now if Norvell goes 0-12 at the end of the year, I don't blame them because this team is way too good to be 0-12. But even if they just win one game, I actually take it back. I think they need to win two games. They have to win a conference game. But even then, I still, I still don't think you should fire them after one. I really don't. Because the schedule's not not great. Like it doesn't play super well in the, into their favor. I mean, they had Notre Dame, Florida, Clemson, North Carolina, Miami, at Boston College, NC State. Like you're playing some of the best teams in the conference. So that's my only like kind of again, losing Jacksonville State is bad, but I mean, going into the year, Nick, did you really think Florida State, like, were you were you determined that Florida State was going to be Wake? I had Wake winning that game from the beginning of the year. So, in my yeah. opinion, Florida, Florida State's, I mean, yes, they should be one and two, but they're not far off from what I predicted them to be at right now. Yeah, I think it's more of when you're in year three of Mike Norvell, and trust me, I, I, I was on the Mike Norvell bandwagon. I picked him as my coach for the year. And the ACC, but when you're in third, you're when you're in your third year. Well, Nick, Nick you shouldn't be losing the Jackson. This is only his second year, Nick. Oh, his second year. I'm sorry. Yeah. So last year was his first year. It was the COVID year. So that's why again, that's why I think this year is truly his first year, in my opinion. Okay, then maybe. Okay, then when I said that Syracuse take, I, I, I'll walk that back because I don't know why in my head I had 
three years. That that was my mistake. My bad. I knew it was two years. I don't know why I thought three years. I mean, Willie so Tiger's I, years were really, really bad, so it's okay to blend them together. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I'll blame COVID. We're blaming COVID for everything, so I'll blame COVID. Messed me up. Um, but, all right, I'll walk that back. If they lose to Syracuse, I don't think Mike Norvell gets fired because you're right. They have the recruiting coming in, all that. I think I agree with you. I had Wake going into this going into the season. I had Wake being Florida State. I didn't have Wake winning by that much because I thought Florida State would take a, a faster step. But I still believe that you need to destroy Jacksonville State, no matter what year you're in with your new head coach. If you're a program like Florida State with the recruits you have, you should be beating those teams, not maybe destroying them because Jacksonville State, not a bad FCS school, but you still should be beating them. I guess that's why I'm so and like, Again, the reason why they lost was they were outcoached. Like, exactly. They're coaching – like they made the stupidest coaching blunder. And, yes, the players can make plays, but if you don't put your players in the spot to succeed, then they're not going to. Especially a program like Florida State right now that nothing is ever going their way. So if you don't put yourself in the right situation, it's definitely not going to go your way. So, no, I, yeah. I, I fully agree. Like, it's unacceptable they're 0-3 and looking the way they've looked the last few weeks. However, I do, again, I'm not, I'm not writing Florida State off. I'm writing them off to go to a bowl game. <laughs> I'm not writing them off as some – like, I still think you line Florida State up. Like, if, if it was instead of Duke-Kansas this weekend, it's Florida State-Kansas, I'm picking Florida State. Absolutely picking Florida State. Florida State-Arizona. Like, uh, someone posted that, and I got – like. Maybe I just maybe I'm a sicko and I just love crappy college football more than I like actual good college football. I think that's why I always push for these smaller teams. But I mean, Nick, I would pay $150. No, I paid $500 of access to these three games. It was the Power Five Bottom Four Challenge: Florida State versus Arizona and Kansas versus Vanderbilt. I would pay $500 to be in attendance for all three of those games. I know that sounds sick as crap. But that just sounds like fun football to me. I think Florida State wins it too, so go ACC. But, oh, my goodness. Like, you can't tell me this. I mean, again, I know no one's going to be as excited about it as me. But, holy crap, that just sounds awesome. (laughs) I love that. Like, it's so sad, though. Like, you think about those four teams listed. Like, you rank the history of those programs. You, It's Florida State, about 500 miles, Arizona, Another 100 miles, maybe 50, there's our Vanderbilt. And then another 200 miles, Kansas. <laughs> so, like, Florida State. Very well played. Yeah, Florida State should not be the team in that bracket. So, I hope they win it. But at the same time, like, call me a sicko, but that just sounds like, that, to me, that's almost more exciting than the actual college football playoffs. Because I think the college football playoffs, like, there's, there's just not enough, like, again, I think Alabama, like, there's just too much separation between the great teams, or these bad teams are so bad that, like, it's going to be a battle. Like, I love, like, again, one of my favorite college football games was that, was that daggone cheese it ball a few years ago, where it's just pick pick six, interception, interception, interception. Like, it's just hilarious to me. I love, like, I think I love college football more than the NFL because college football is so imperfect. In the NFL, like, when a quarterback throws the ball up, it's like 90% of the time the receiver's coming down with it. Where in college, it's like maybe 40. Like, I, that's what I love about college football. But anyways, 
that's that's kind of an insult to Florida State fans in a sense. But I mean, that's unfortunately where we're at. Let's let's talk. Hopefully, the best quality of football we'll get in the conference this week. Clemson going to your pack, three thirty ESPN. Your Packer a ten point dog. Over unders at forty seven, which kind of seems about right. Nick, I have no logic behind this absolutely whatsoever. Minus it's Clemson. Clemson covers. That's that's my take. I I think Clemson has to break out offensively if eventually. And I'm sorry, but it just seems way too perfect for Clemson to be asleep for the last few weeks and then wake up when it finally plays a team that it actually has to wake up against. Man, dude, I, I'm – okay, fine. That's fine. You know what? Because I'm not getting my hopes up for this game. As an NC State fan, I'm not going to do it. I'm blocking all positive thoughts. I'm going into this game like I know nothing. Absolutely nothing. Who's NC State? I don't know. Where did I go to college? I didn't go to college. Who's Clemson? Who's Trevor Lawrence? I don't know. So going into this game, no hopes. That's fan Nicholas. Here's ACC fifth quarter just means less podcast, Nick. This game is going to be very good. Um, I think State's defense needs to step it up a little bit more, especially with us missing uh, Peyton Wilson. Now, Jalen Scott, uh, I think I mentioned him before, Redshirt Jr., had a pretty good game against Furman, although it is Furman. He made some good plays. Um, Speaking of Peyton Wilson, update got out of surgery he's great can't wait to have him back on the field next year i think he's going to play really well but oh man if you're nc state this is your best opportunity to beat clemson in the last five years i think the last time they came this close was that shootout in raleigh where state i think lost by like a touchdown or something like that clemson pulled off a huge run at towards the end of the fourth quarter in raleigh um, I think that was my sophomore year of college, so I wasn't at state at the time. But this is your best opportunity. Clemson has looked really, really bad on offense. I mean, they just they they did nothing against Georgia Tech. DJ did not look good. Will Shipley had still not really showing us much. I mean, he had eighty something yards, but I mean, when you're playing Georgia Tech, come on, like. It, if that rain delay didn't happen or lightning delay, we could be talking about a whole different game from last week, Georgia Tech versus Clemson. So, again, I'll say it one more time. If I know, if State comes out with the offense that I know that they can do play, then State can win this game. And I think this is their best opportunity. And like I said before on Sunday, college football, the big powerhouses – Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, uh, Oklahoma. They're all vulnerable. They are all vulnerable. We Even Alabama, we saw it on Saturday. They only won by two against Florida. Florida might be better than I think they are, but they still, they're not like the Alabama from a year or two ago. Everybody's vulnerable. I think everyone's going to have a loss. Clemson will most definitely have a loss. Could be NC State. I don't know. Could be Wake. Could be BC, 
but somewhere there's going to be a loss with this team. This team does not look as dominant as they have been the last two years. They don't look good on offense. Their defense looks great, but this is going to be the best offense they have played. And yes, I am saying that knowing that they played Georgia because I think NC State has a lot of firepower and they can just execute really well. They might shock Clemson. So I don't know. I'm staying away from this game if I'm a better because I'm also wouldn't be surprised if State just got destroyed in this game. So we'll see what happens. But this is the biggest game of uh, the weekend. So I can't wait to watch it. I'm very, very excited. But man, sh- uh, this is me getting my hopes up right now. Shock the world, NC State. This is your best shot to do it. This is our best time to do it in the last five years. Do it. So give me your input, Micah. As a non AC or not as a non AC, as a non NC State ACC fan, I'm gonna be super pissed off at NC State if they win this game. I'm gonna be <laughs> because not only, did you, know. Not only did, you just, did you just ruin Clemson, but where the hell was this against Mississippi State? Like if you beat this, like I don't care how bad Clemson's offense is. If you beat this Clemson team, then you should have beat Mississippi State by two fucking touchdowns. Yeah, I know. Don't like, you think I know that? I know that. I know we should be. So, like, if you if you win this game, I'm going to be pissed, Nick. I'm going to be pissed, too, because, you know what? In the back of my head, I'm going to be like, shit, we're 3-1 and one because our offense didn't show up against the 11th best SEC team. And you so know the worst I'm part gonna is? I'm going to be kind of mad. If and you know the worst part? If you win, if you win out, let's say you go 11-1. and one. Let's just say you do it. Because you lost to Mississippi State, you'll never cross anywhere near the top 15 because the rest of the world's going to go. The ACC's obviously not that good because Clemson's not very good. And you lost to Mississippi State, who lost to Memphis. <laughs> like, oh. Under rule, though. That game was under rule. Although that should be close anyway. I know. But again, like, same reason. Like, NC State should not have played Mississippi State. Like, should not have been in a situation they were against Mississippi State. Same argument for Mississippi State with Memphis. But anyways, like – I mean, this is just this is strange territory. Like, and it's not just Clemson. Like, it still drives me nuts. People that are like getting so mad at Clemson. It's like, have you watched Ohio State? Have you watched Texas A&M? Have you watched Oklahoma? Like, there are arguably maybe ten teams in the country that have actually been impressive, and half of them aren't even the top ten. Like, I would argue that I would right now rather watch BYU or Fresno State or. Trying to think of who else is kind of even Wisconsin right now looks more impressive and they have a loss than Clemson, than Ohio State. Like, if we're looking at if we're doing resume rankings, like based off what we've seen, like resume wise, and again, throwing in just the quality of performances by these teams and not assuming with the talent on the field, like Clemson, Ohio State, Oklahoma should all be outside the top 20, to be completely frank. Like it drives me nuts that Clemson's kind of the biggest push to be outside there because they struggle with Georgia Tech. And don't get me wrong, I get it. Georgia Tech lost to Northern Illinois. I, I get it. I really do. But you know who Tulsa lost to? Fucking UC Davis, an FCS team. <laughs> like it's not any better. <laughs> yes, they won by three touchdowns. They were up seven with Tulsa had the ball down seven with nine minutes to go in the horseshoe. That's not any better. That's worse than Georgia Tech Clemson being that close. 
Like, honestly, Georgia Tech and Clemson was close because they scored late and got an onside kick recovery. Yes, again, that's not good for Clemson, but it's the same excuse that Ohio State fans are using. <laughs> like, eventually Clemson has to turn it on, right? Eventually. Like, if Clemson loses, like, if Clemson loses here, Nick, I genuinely think Clemson's going 8-4. I think that means they're probably going to lose to Pitt or Louisville. Thankfully, again, I mean, thankfully Clemson's got a pretty easy schedule. South Carolina's not a tough, not, not that tough. And again, like I could, I think if NC State beats Clemson, this might be the year that Wake beats Clemson or Boston College beats Clemson. Like, I mean, like if if you're if you're Clemson, you have to turn it on here. And I know Dabo's got to, he's got to be posting all this bulletin board stuff that Clemson's not good. He has to be. Because if you don't turn it on here, like you got Boston College next week, you can't afford that. You're doing a Friday night in the Carrier Dome, and that everyone's still gonna. I guarantee, no matter what, if if Syracuse has got one win going into that game against Clemson, Nick and Clemson has won all their games. I guarantee we're still gonna hear some national media buzz about. Well, remember when Syracuse did it a few years ago? Remember when Syracuse beat Clemson in the dome? Like someone's gonna say, "Oh, it could happen again." Even if Syracuse is awful and Clemson looks good. Like, Clemson cannot sleepwalk the rest of the year. So they have to turn it on. Like, I really I really think that this was a true wake-up call because they didn't need it. Like, losing to Georgia, to be honest, in a sense, should not have been that big of a kick in the butt to Clemson. Like, yes, losing sucks, but if you're Clemson, you're like, whatever. Like, you lost to a top-two team. You roll South Carolina State. Okay, whatever. But you're sleepwalking through Georgia Tech, and then, the, and then you actually have to take a nap for two and a half hours with the lightning delay. Like I think Clemson has to be kicked in the gear here. I really do. I mean, Clemson's the better, like that's the thing that's crazy to me is Clemson is the, is definitely the better team talent wise, but NC state's been the better football team, including their loss to Mississippi state. I would argue that, that NC state looked better against Mississippi state than Clemson did against Georgia tech. And that's sad. <laughs> yeah. NC State did not look good. So I don't know, Nick. I mean, I hope I'm wrong. I mean, actually, I hope I'm right. I hope Clemson wins and covers. I hope for your sake I'm wrong. But because again, I mean, here's here's my here's the instead of yeah, obviously talking because honestly, this this game has the biggest question mark because you really just don't like this is like this is like when you I mean, I don't I mean let's say did you ever like as a kid when they had ice cream in the cafeteria? And I went to a Catholic school, so maybe I guess got lucky. But you know, if we had ice cream in the cafeteria, and sometimes we would jokingly because they would kids would mix around, like actually put the chocolate where the vanilla is or whatever. So you would just close your eyes and you would just reach down there and grab whatever flavor. That's what I feel like's happening in this game. You can reach down there and you can grab Clemson pulling, like looking good on offense and winning by three touchdowns. You can see NC State playing their potential and winning just because. Honestly, like if Clemson at their peak and NC State at their peak in this game, I think NC State still has a shot. Like that's the part that's crazy. I think NC State, when they play at their peak, could beat Clemson at their peak at home with all the situations. You could have again NC State rolling Clemson because Clemson looks like absolute dog water, or you could have both teams look like crap and Clemson wins because they're the better team. Like I think you could pull out any of those flavors, and I wouldn't be shocked. My biggest question is, and this is like a what if question. NC State wins this game, Nick. Does Dave Doran get a, a contract extension? Is is NC State like this? Would be I mean, I'm guessing again. I don't follow NC State sports to the T. This has to be the biggest NC State win in 
15 years, 10 years at least, maybe since Russell was there. And I don't even know Russell Wilson actually won, like, in terms of big games at NC State. Probably since Glennon was there, because Glennon was after Russell, and I think Glennon beat Florida State when they were number two. Yeah. That's so I think it's, it's got to be at least 10 years. Yeah. Um, but look, um, I agree with you saying that you could reach down, you could pull up any result. This NC State team, I I know this because, you know, I follow the team. I don't know if Dave Doran gets a contract extension to answer your question. I think we would have to see what else they do in the end of the season. If NC State finishes with nine, 10 wins, then yeah, Doran gets a contract extension because everything – is starting to turn the right way as state fans and tip wanted, not anticipated, wanted. We want something out of Dave Doran. We haven't had a big win since the Notre Dame game, or even I would argue the Arizona State Sun Bowl win. Um, any result could happen in this game. I don't really know because I'm not comparing NC State to Georgia. I'm not. So listen to me when I say this. They're not Georgia. But I think NC State is going to put up points. And I think they're going to deal with not a Georgia defense, but a really good defense. Uh, Maybe a little bit less since Peyton's out. But Clemson's going to get a challenge. And from what we saw, I think NC State is closer to Georgia then NC State is closer to Georgia Tech, if that tells you anything. So let's see what happens. Any result would not be a surprise to me, especially since I'm a state fan. I know this stuff. We beat teams that we shouldn't beat, and that extends to all sports, beating Duke in basketball, beating Arkansas in the Super Regionals in baseball. But we lose to teams that we shouldn't. Mississippi State, Georgia Tech in basketball, uh, UNCG in baseball. So anything can happen, especially in this game on Saturday. Yeah, this will be um, – it's going to be interesting. It is going to be – again, this is going to be a fun game. Glad it's the 3.30 slate. You know, a night game in – Carter Finley would be sick, but for me personally, after New York Saturday night, I'm glad I can watch pretty much the entirety of this game. Um, yeah, I mean, good luck to your pack, to be honest. Good luck because we're going to need it. Actually, like, I feel bad for NC State because even if Clemson plays out of their mind and NC State wins this game because they play out of their mind, there's probably going to be a Clemson's overrated narrative still, unfortunately. That's what yeah. for for NC State, but at the end of the day, like it's the ACC at this point. So like just having the bragging rights in the conference should be enough. So plus if NC state wins this game, Nick, I don't know if you realize this, but this means you're now in the driver's seat to be in Charlotte in December. Like, yes, you lost Mississippi state, but and as a, as a ACC coastal fan, I've never cared about our non-conference teams that much. Cause we can go, we can go five and three in the coastal and win the conference or not win the conference, but win the coastal. Yeah. That trip to Charlotte against Clemson, they'll be lost by 40 or 50. I don't even remember how bad it was. It was really bad. I remember that. 
I had a blast, <laughs> absolute blast. Like having my team in Charlotte was awesome. Like you can't tell me that the Wolfpack Nation is not packing Bank of America Stadium if they're playing in that conference. Oh no, we absolutely Nick, will. Nick, Clemson, no, Clemson, North Carolina, North Carolina State, back to back weeks. That's exactly what I was thinking, oh, dude. That would be so sick. <laughs> that would be so sick. I I think I'm already going to the Chapel Hill game because I am it's too, a Nick. So we're gonna Nick. We're gonna have to wait. Be, you're going too. I'm going to that game because I'm going home for Thanksgiving. I'm going to come to our tailgate. We're definitely gonna tailgate for that one. But yes, so sick if that rematch happened. Like, give me a rivalry game in Charlotte, neutral site. The like. Let's say NC State loses. I thought, by the way, NC State's game I thought was in Raleigh this year. I'm pretty sure it's in Raleigh, Nick. Just so you know. It is in Raleigh, yeah. So that's the reason why I'm going because I haven't been back to Carter Field since the Troy game like five years ago. So uh, I need to get back there. It's the, it's the most unrecent ACC team I've been to, actually. So, anyways, like, oh, anyway, let's not get too excited. We're, I don't want to take up too much more time because I want to talk this game. It's my Micah's favorite game of the week. Kansas going to Duke, four o'clock on the ACC network. My guy, Lance Leopold, shout out to him when he was Wisconsin Whitewater's coach playing in the Stag Bowl every year in my hometown. I was his ball boy for six straight years. Greatest guy in the world. I wish him, I, I am a, I, I like Kansas State. And so it's kind of bad because I live, I live an hour from the Kansas border, Nick, and you can't like Kansas State and Kansas, but I like them both. I don't even care. No shame with Lance Leopold there. Rock Chalk Jayhawk. Um, I literally have watched every one of their games. Uh, it's brutal to watch, <laughs> but I watch them. Um, Duke is a 16-point favorite. Duke, like Nick, Duke is a 16-point favorite against a Power 5 team. I get it, it's Kansas, but it's Duke. <laughs> Give me Kansas to cover because I don't trust Duke winning by 16 against any power five team. I don't have, I don't even give Duke. I mean, Duke couldn't even beat Charlotte. <laughs> I, I, I think Kansas could beat Charlotte. I don't know if I'm favoriting Kansas, especially at Charlotte, but I mean, yeah, I, I just, I don't know. Did, did, did that line go up? Because uh, yes, didn't you tell me it was like 12 it or 13? It opened at 13. Yep, and now it's at 16. Wow. Okay. If it was at um, 13, I'd probably bet Duke because I think two scores is probably like two touchdowns is probably right, especially if it's the Duke team we saw last week. But this Duke team is like, I would argue the offense they're going to see this week is better than what they saw last week. They're not seeing as good of a defense. Like Baylor dropped 49 on this Kansas defense. Coastal dropped like – let me, let me pull the steps. But Coastal, Coastal dropped 49. Baylor dropped 45. And South Dakota, who's – no, it's an FCS team, only had 14. But they almost – like South Dakota almost won that game. Like, but Kansas has a mobile quarterback in Jason Bean who came over from North Texas who can sling the rock. He's not very good at it, but he can sling it. He's very mobile. So that could cause Duke some fits. I think Duke – like – this could this could be a, a a forty-two to to thirty-one type game to be completely honest. I could see that. Where I mean, I'm not like huge on Gunnar Holberg, but I think he's a he's a decent quarterback. I think I think he's got upside. I think when he's playing a team like Kansas, who's not very good in the secondary, he can have some success. 
So, I mean, I think Duke should win here. I mean, Kansas, again, I mean, not great. Like, Jason Bean has almost more rushing yards than he has passing yards to give you an idea of, like, who he is. Like, and Kansas is not – and, like, Kansas is not very good, to be completely honest. They're just not – they're not – unfortunately, they're not They're not very good. So. Uh, well, this is the only game on Duke's schedule I had them winning. The only game. And I swear to God, if they lose, I will be so pissed off at Duke. I will be so mad because I'm riding high on them. They impressed me against North Carolina A&T, and they really impressed me against Northwestern, a very good coached team. So I'm expecting them to win. Do they cover the 16-point uh, spread? Maybe. I think I think two touchdowns isn't crazy. I don't think that's crazy at all. I don't know where they're getting the extra two points. Maybe a field goal happens at the end, but – I'm expecting a win. Duke has impressed me in the last two weeks. They've proved me wrong so far, but you're going to prove me right if you lose to Kansas. So Last week, Kansas was a 17-point underdog at home against Baylor. I went to that game two years ago, actually, in Waco, and it was about the same score as this. It was a 45-7 to win for Baylor. So Baylor covered with ease. But my favorite stat was the total yards. Kansas, 166 total yards. Baylor, 576. I think Baylor's better than Duke. I'm not saying that Duke's as good as Baylor, but I would say that Duke is closer to Baylor than they are Kansas. So I think Duke should win here. Me too. And I think I'm not putting it past them to cover, to be completely honest. Like, 16 is just too high for me. If it, get, if it gets back down to 13 or even 14 with a bust, you know, potential, I'll, I'd probably take I'd probably take Duke to cover. Like, my guy Lance Leopold is going to turn Kansas into a potential bowl team every year. I mean, they're not going to be a powerhouse, but I think he really could turn Kansas around. He did it at Buffalo. But, I mean, he's got a lot of work to do. I mean, and he, he, and he knows that. So, he's not trying to – he's not – like. Mike Norvell kind of feels like he's trying to skip, like he tried to skip through some of the rebuild process. Like he grabbed a bunch of guys from the portal to make his team competitive this year because he wanted to try to like, he's got a fan base that he needs to impress. Lance Leopold knows that Kansas is expecting one and 11. Like there's a reason why Kansas students storm the field after beating South Dakota by a field goal in the, in the last two minutes of a game. A power five team storms the field in a, in an FCS game. I mean, that's brutal. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, they should win. I got Duke winning this game. Uh, just, God, don't don't make me regret not uh, sticking with my, you know, take of them being very bad because you lost to Kansas. So, yeah, I think Duke wins this game. Um, and, geez, man, they win this game. They're 3-1. and one. That's – that that's really impressive to me considering I had them almost 0 and 4 after the first month of full college football. So 
We could be. I can't believe we're going to be seeing a three and one Duke team. Hopefully, and my my four and eight prediction for Duke included them being three and one to start the year. Now, granted, I had them losing to Northwestern, not Charlotte, but I, I figured they would slip up somewhere. So they'd be they'd be on cue for my expectations, which is crazy. Yeah, North Carolina next week though, so they might get a humble pretty quickly. <laughs> but yeah, still, I mean that's again that. And in a way, I kind of want Duke. Like, I to be honest, this might be this might be a from left field hot take. If Kansas, if Duke beats Kansas by a couple scores this week, if I'm David Cutcliffe, I announce my retirement at the end of the season. Wow, that's it. With a positive note, you you announce you work with the university that you'll stay on board and be like an advisor to the athletic director. So you still have some input in recruiting. And but let's be honest, it's not like Dave Cutcliffe's pulling insane recruits out. Like, kind of pull the Frank Beamer type, like, you know, I'm retiring. This is going to be it. Like, we're going out with a bang. Like, this is my final hoorah. Because that could potentially, again, propel Duke to winning one or two more games. Like, you know, let's go win one for Coach Cutcliffe kind of thing. Like, he's the type of coach that these guys would play for knowing this is his last hoorah. I'm not saying this would happen, but honestly, it wouldn't like I would not be shocked if that happened. And I think it's a smart idea. Just go out with the bang. But any uh, any final thoughts before we move to the last game of the night? No, I just think Duke should win this game. Yeah, no, I mean, that's that's crazy. So 21st ranked North Carolina, 730 on the AC network heads to Mercedes Benz Superdome. To play Georgia Tech in a de facto home neutral site game thing. Um, I mean, <sighs> Nick, I really, really am tempted to pick Georgia Tech with the spread here. It's 12 for North Carolina. I just don't think Georgia Tech's that good. I really don't. I think they're riding high from playing Clemson close. I think North Carolina's on a revenge trip. I really do. And North Carolina knows that until Virginia Tech loses a conference game, they ha- they can't lose. Like, if North Carolina falls as a second loss in the Coastal, I mean, yes, you can win the Coastal with two losses, let's be honest. But when you already have, like, you're thinking about the, like, if you had to pick the top three teams, in the, uh, the contenders in the Coastal right now, based off what we've seen performance on the field, do you not think it's Virginia, Virginia Tech, and, and uh, North Carolina? Like, it's one. Yeah, I think those are the top three. You're one and one against them. So, like, you like you need Virginia Tech to lose twice to be ahead of them. You can't afford to be down two because now you need Virginia Tech to lose three times, which is definitely possible. But, again, Virginia Tech lost to West Virginia. Welcome to the Coastal, Nick, where, yes, obviously, it probably stung for Virginia Tech fans because, hey, they don't ever want to lose. I mean, you never want to lose as a fan anyways. But, two, you lost to a rival, a former, you know, Big East rival. But, like, again, like, you know, like that's why the Virginia loss in North Carolina stings a little bit. And like, and the thing is, North Carolina can't make it up against Wake. Like, if they beat Wake, cool. He's got a non-conference win. Congratulations, buddy. Pat on the back. Like, they have to make like they have to win these games they're supposed to. And I, I just don't think like I think Georgia Tech was in that game because Clemson's offense is just lost. You know whose offense who isn't lost? <laughs> North Carolina's offense is wide awake. So I think I think the the over under is at sixty three. I wouldn't be shocked if North Carolina gets close to getting fifty of it. 
by themselves. I really think that North Carolina should blow out Georgia Tech here. I do. I think North Carolina is a better team. I think we finally have the North Carolina team that we were expecting. I'm, I'm expecting Georgia Tech to score some points. I think they're going to get – I think Georgia Tech – let me just double-check before I, before I get too far ahead of myself. Yeah, they're not going to get their highest point total because they're not going to eclipse 45. But they are going to eclipse – they're going to – their combined score of North Northern Illinois and Clemson would be 29 points. I think they can, I think they could eclipse that. I think they could get they could hit 30. I think they could. I don't I'm not saying they will, but I, I could see it. I could see this game being a 52 to 30 game. I could. Like, I don't think Georgia Tech's that bad of a team, but I think North Carolina is a lot better, and North Carolina has a hell of a lot more to prove. And I think I I genuinely like. I don't know how much you read like pressers after that Virginia. I mean, obviously I read a lot more than you did because being a Virginia fan, I really want some insight on it. North Carolina went into the locker room after Virginia took that lead late to make a 20 24 half and looked at each other in the mirror and said, how good do are like, do we think, are, are we, is this the team we thought we were? And they all realized that they are better than what they've been putting out. And what we saw in the second half for North Carolina is what I think we're going to see moving forward. I really, like I, I honestly think North Carolina runs the table. I think I think they're left, like what we saw again. This might be bad because especially go with the history of North Carolina and the ACC teams in general. I think, like I think this North Carolina team's a top fifteen team in the country. I'm not going to go top ten. Not going to go top five for sure. But I think it's a top fifteen team in the country. I think Virginia Tech caught them sleeping, and I think I think the Virginia game is going to is going to be the biggest blessing for North Carolina because. They punched Virginia early. Virginia gave them that bulletin board material. If they said, if we if we just sustain it and don't let them jump on us too much, we'll be able to win because North Carolina can't sustain it. And so you know what Virginia does? They punch them right back and score. I think it was 21 in the insert. It may have been seven. Like it may have just been 14, but they made it 28-24. And what does North Carolina come out and do? They punch Virginia, punch them again, punch them again and again and again and again. And they they dominated that second half. And it like, I'm glad they did it because as a Virginia fan, I didn't want to be like frustrated. I was able to kind of let it kind of see, you know, you get that loss marinate while the game is still going on. But I mean, North Carolina was just so impressive the second half and just hearing what like what's come out and knowing my like my respect levels for Mac Brown, like I just don't see how North Carolina is not like, you know, we got Georgia Tech. Duke and Florida State is our next three next three games. If you're North Carolina, you need to make a statement in all three of those games. You want you want you want to continue this off. You want to build some serious momentum after having a solid offensive day against Virginia. Continue to drop fifty because you could easily do it against Duke, Florida State, North Tech. But I, I think that's what's going to happen. I really do. I think North Carolina is going to put on a show in an NFL stadium. Sam Howell is going to. Get scouts, you know, I'm sure there's gonna be a ton of scouts there at this game. I mean, I, I just it's the only night game in the ACC, so I'll be watching it. I'm sure you'll be watching it. Like North Carolina should win this one, and I think they should win by two touchdowns or more. I try finding some kind of silver lining for Georgia Tech after the performance against Clemson, but I think you're right. I think that was just a weird game. And Georgia Tech was lucky to be in it because Clemson's offense is in shambles. But what did we say on Sunday? North Carolina's offense would have beaten Clemson last Saturday, and they would have destroyed them. 
I told Carolina's fans this. And I'm, I know I sound like a broken record, but we didn't know what was happening for the Virginia Tech game. Very weird Friday night at Virginia Tech to open up the season. Of course, it's going to be a challenge. And it wasn't a shock to me that they lost. But don't panic. You have a great, talented team. Move on. Move forward. That showed that game against Virginia in the second half showed so much resilience, so much, hey, you, you said it best, Mike. I don't even know why I'm saying it right now. They know how good they are. They just have to play how good they are. They're, I think this is going to be North Carolina's best performance so far, excluding the Virginia second half. I think as a whole entire game, this will be North Carolina's best performance uh, this season so far. Uh, I think Georgia Tech, shit. I, I, I'm trying to find something. I think you might get something going offensively. Uh, maybe spook them a little bit to make UNC like, okay, we got to keep scoring. We got to keep scoring. We got to keep scoring. But I don't see Georgia Tech making it close. I think you're right. They win this game by 20, and it's a high-scoring game. Carolina is going to steamroll through their next tough until they get to their next tough opponent, which, I mean, they already took care of Virginia, and they already played Virginia Tech. I guess their next toughest opponent is going to be Wake Forest because uh, I don't see them in any contention with Duke. Uh, I think they're going to take care of Pitt, and then uh, they're going to take care of Florida State. So we'll see. They have to play Notre Dame. That's going to be an interesting game. And then they have to play uh, NC State, which I think that game is going to be very close. So we'll see. But Carolina is going to play how we know Carolina is going to play. Uh, I think they show up, and I think they uh, prove to everybody that, hey, yeah, we, we might have been overrated in the beginning of the season, but we're going to show you why we belong in this conversation of the top 15, maybe creeping back into the top 10 towards the end of the season, depending on what they do. So I got Carolina playing a very good game uh, this Saturday. Also, how do you feel? I was having this conversation. How do you feel about neutral sites? I'm not, they sound good on paper, but I would just like it better if, you know, these bigger games uh, were just played home or away, like the I, Alabama Miami game. Yeah, I hate them. I hate them. I, I hate them. Now, this game, it's, I guess, neutral. I don't, but it's in Atlanta. I don't mind this game because it's, if you're a door tech seat ticket holder, it's included in your tickets. Like you'll obviously have your exact seat because well, your exact seat doesn't exist at Mercedes Benz. Like if you're in the lower level, they put you in the lower level. If you're in the upper level, they'll put you somewhere like in the next like 200 level or whatever it's called. So it's included in your seat tickets. It's literally five minutes away. And it's one of the most beautiful stadiums that exists in this world. Like, again, like, I honestly, like, for example, Clemson and Georgia in Charlotte is not the worst thing in the world, but I don't like it. You can't yeah. get Georgia going to Clemson. And, like, when Clemson and A&M did their home and away, I went to the game in Clemson for that series. Like, that was sick. The A&M fans came out in droves because it gave them a reason to come to Clemson, South Carolina. Like, if it weren't for the fact that I couldn't afford the year that it was in, in Aggieville, like, next year – Nick, me and my two buddies, one's a diehard Miami fan, the other one's kind of like me, a big college football fan. 
we're making the trip to Miami, like the Hurricanes, over to Texas A&M. Because, like, that's awesome. Like, as a Colorado season ticket holder, nothing pissed me off more than when they moved. Because Colorado, Texas A&M was supposed to be played at Folsom Field in Boulder this year. Then about two months before the season started, they made the announcement they're playing it in Denver. Again, it kind of falls into the same realm to a point. But, A, it's a 45-minute drive from Boulder, so students can't easily make the trip, like as if you can with Mercedes-Benz. But, two, Funko Stadium is nothing special. <laughs> like, Mercedes-Benz Superdome kind of makes sense. And it's a conference game that happens every year anyways, so changing the scenery is not the worst thing in the world. But, like, so why the hell is Kansas State and Stanford playing at Jerry World? Like that, I don't know. You could get tickets for six bucks pretty much anywhere but the 50 yard line in the lower level for that game. Like, why, why is like, I mean, I guess Nebraska and, and uh, Northwestern next year in Dublin, Ireland is kind of cool because it's, it's out of the country. So that's like, I guess, a reason. Like, I don't mind those per se, but like, why is App State and ECU playing in Charlotte? That like, was another one we talked like, about. That would be such a sick series. East yeah. Going to Boone and then Boone making the like, you're talking about the Hollers versus the Beach Boys. Like, that just sounds incredible. Why? I 100% agree with you, Nick. Like, like, like at the end of the day, like, it can still become a neutral. Like, you're, you can't tell me that Clemson, Georgia, they're still not going to be 25% red in Clemson and Georgia and vice versa. Because those fans are going to pay the dollars to go to those games. Like, I mean, it just, oh, like, why is Arizona and BYU playing in Vegas? I only thing I understand is that that was a brand new stadium. So that's the only reason why I'm like, okay, fine. But like, BYU and Arizona have beautiful backdrops for college football. Why would you not want to, like, I don't understand why you don't want to show off your campus. Like, like, if you if you want to read if you want to, if you ever want an article Nick to get you a reason to hate neutral site games read John Kurtz he's a beat writer for the Kansas City Star he covers Kansas State athletics he wrote an article after the um, Kansas State Stanford game in Jerry World Kansas State was promised that they were going to be on ESPN or ESPN two and that's why they justified it because they were like we can get forty thousand fans in Jerry World. You know, it's a cool recruiting tool because I mean, that's a great stadium. It gets the fans to Texas. It's a recruiting tool for the state of Texas. They brought a bunch of recruits to that game. Like Stanford's more likely to honestly travel to Dallas, and you're going to get more Stanford fans in Dallas than you are in Manhattan, Kansas. But you know what ended up happening? That game ended up being undersold. Oh, and ESPN kind of said, ah, we're not feeling like putting you on the family networks. We're going to put you behind a paywall on ESPN plus. Like, I didn't know that happened. Yes. ESPN plus is for the Mac, for the conference USA, for the Sun Belt. It's not for two power five teams going head to head on a Saturday at noon. And that game kicked off at 9 a.m. Pacific time. And what did Stanford get out of it? A butt whooping in front of nobody in Jerry World on a paywall. Like people were complaining about the Pac-12. Well, the only difference between the Pac-12 network and ESPN Plus is you can you can buy ESPN Plus for seven bucks a month. Where with Pac-12 network, you have to have like I have it with my Fubo TV. But I mean, oh yeah, no, I'm very anti-neutral site for sure. I mean, it's just like 
Notre Dame and Purdue, if they would have played that game in Indianapolis this year, that, that's stupid. It's so dumb. I mean, Purdue would have been able to bring their drum, but who cares? Like, play these games like like when Virginia Tech played West Virginia. And last, the last time they played before this year, they played it at, at the Redskins Stadium, or sorry, the football team stadium in, at FedEx Field in Landover, Maryland. That setting was awful. Like, yeah, it's been a 50 split. But the Hoagies fans that made the trip to Morgantown talked about how great that trip was. And the people that made the trip to both those games said that it was 10 times better in Morgantown than it was in, at FedEx Field. And I 100% agree. Like, again, I don't have an issue per se if it's maybe a conference game that happens every year. Like, I'm trying to think of a, I mean, Georgia Tech's probably the best example. If Boston College wants to host Clemson one year, where both teams are ranked at Gillette Stadium, where you might be able to pack 65,000 in the stadium comparatively to the 45 that Alumni Stadium holds. Okay. Because it happens every two years. So that fan that wants to go see Clemson play, like see their Tigers play, can either pick and choose, do I go this year to Gillette, or I wait two years and go to Alumni Stadium. But that's not the case this time. Like when these out of conference games happen, like, ah, just, oh. All you have to do, all you have to do is just look at that amazing atmosphere at Penn State Auburn. Oh, yeah. That was beautiful. That was, I had chills running up and down my body, seeing the entrance, seeing everyone going, we are Penn State. That was amazing. I just don't get why, like, every year, Texas A&M and Arkansas are in Jerry's world. Why is Notre Dame and Wisconsin this Saturday playing at shoulder soldier field in Chicago? You know how amazing that game would be if it were in Madison. And if it two years later, that would be in South Bend. That would be amazing. And app state ECU, they didn't fill that stadium, but you know, Boone or Greenville will be full. Charlotte to Greenville is like a four hour drive. So not a lot of students are going to drive there. And Charlotte to Boone is like a two hour drive. Why? It's so much better if some, I just, I don't, I don't understand. Clemson, Georgia, Bama, Miami. This weekend, this past weekend was a perfect example. Like Minnesota went to Colorado. There were an estimated 10,000 Gopher fans that made the trip to Boulder. You want to know why? Because Folsom Field is listed in the top five to ten most beautiful stadiums in college football every time you see a ranking. Ralphie's Run is one of the top five traditions in college football. It's been it was number one according to ESPN. Like, yeah, you see those types of traditions. Like, that's like like I'm a college football traveler for a reason. I don't want to do neutral site game. I could care less about neutral site game. Oh, okay, it's a good, it's going to be a really good game. I don't give a flying rat's rear. If it's going to be a really good game, and I guess obviously I want to watch good football, but for me, I want to see the traditions. I want to, I'd rather like, I would rather watch UMass play Liberty at UMass than go watch Colorado and Minnesota at Mile High Stadium, which is going to be the better game 100% Minnesota, Colorado. But give me the student sections, give me the quirky stadiums, the quirky this, like. Get rid of this NFL bullcrap price. Get rid, like, no, I'm good. Anyways, this I, I could spend an hour on the top on a podcast just like this, to be honest, Nick. But yeah, any thoughts here. We're running kind of long again. We're we're getting long winded, but hey, it's good conversation nonetheless. Any 
Any final thoughts on the ACC weekend? I mean, my my last statement is buckle up because I feel like I feel like we're in for something. Something big is going to happen this weekend, whether it be Virginia gets blown out by Wake or vice versa. North Carolina loses the Georgia Tech, and that just ruins the ACC's second team. Or your Wolfpack shock the world and roll Clemson. Yeah, buckle up for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Buckle up for sure. I think this is going to be a very fun week. It doesn't look good on paper, but there could be a lot of surprises. Uh, two things I just want to finish with. I got a question for you. Actually, I'll start off with this. First, I hope – I saw this on Twitter, I think, last night. Um, there's this clip that NC State fans left to show on Twitter of Dabo going, and that's another Wolfpack first down. Like, he's – at first we thought it was a troll against NC State fans, but when you watch the whole interview, he's telling everyone, like, NC State fans are the best. Like, they love – like, he loves how passionate and how the game day atmosphere is great. But – Everyone was talking about on Twitter how we should take that clip, put it on the big board every time State gets a first down against Clemson. Yes. Dabo giving the first down. That's another Wolfpack first down. Make that happen. You know what would be better than that? You, you do that clip, but you do half the video board with that clip, and the other half is an actual live cam looking at Dabo in the moment. So you can oh, that reaction to the first amazing. down or whatever. Like, oh, yes, please sign me up. Like, yeah. And one final thing, because I'm I'm hoping that this won't be the, the most positive thing I have to say about NC State in the coming couple days, because I hope Saturday we have some good things to talk about. Well, Sunday for us, but Saturday, you know, with the game going on. Cle- NC State fans, you really are the most underrated fans. For sure in the ACC, and I'm not going to lie to you, of the 50-some college football stadiums I've been to for games, you're the you're the most underrated fan base I have yet I, I have experienced. I'm being completely honest with you guys. Like, I'm not trying to blow smoke up Nick's butt or anything like that here. You know, we're not hyping up his family's deli this week. But like seriously, like when I tell you that when I went to NC State Troy with my girlfriend, I was shocked that it was a packed house. This was not an NC State team that was – I think this is the year – this is the year they went to the uh, the Belk Bowl. Or, yeah, they lost Mississippi State. So, you know, a 7-5 and five season. But it, there was no crazy preseason expectations for this pack team. But Carter Finley was popping. It was awesome. And every NC State game I've attended on the road, when they played AM in the Gator Bowl, that their, their half of the stadium was red. Like, I think AM may have outdrawn them. But Texas A&M also has, like, three times the alumni base – so really I can understand that, <laughs> but like, I mean, NC state fans, like, like Nick, I I'm not going to lie to you. Like I'm going to be a little upset with you if you don't find a way to get to that game on Saturday. Like, like I'm like, I know you don't want to get your hopes up, but like, I know you went to NC state. So you got to experience game day. This Saturday is going to be the best game day experience NC state's had in your lifetime, in my lifetime, in our lifetimes. It, I don't see how it's not. I really don't. I mean, I understand they had some good game days, I'm sure, when you were in school. But this is this, there's belief behind this Wolfpack team right now. And in a way, like maybe I'm psycho or, or cynical, but like losing the Mississippi State sucks. But if you're an NC State fan, does that not give you a little bit more confidence going into this game to a point where 
NC State always gets your hopes up one week and they kill you. Well, they've already done it. So, so that's hopefully out the window now. <laughs> like you've you've gotten your heart broken once this year. I mean, NC State's not known for breaking hearts a ton every season. It's more of like that one really big heartbreaker. I mean, again, I don't. I'm not saying again. I think Clemson wins and covers, but this the atmosphere of a packed Carter Finley this weekend on ESPN, the three thirty slot. Like, like I'm not again. I have to work on Saturday night, and even if so, like I honestly would debate trying to see how expensive flights are from good old Omaha, Nebraska, to Raleigh, North Carolina, Raleigh, Durham this weekend because that game just. When I tell you that, like, I have a five monitor set up in my office at work, so I'll be at work pre-shift to watch the games. My main TV will be truly set on NC State Clemson. I'm probably going to even put the NC State radio broadcast on. Shout out to those guys. I love listening to their games on the, like, on TuneIn Radio. And I'm going to sync it up with my TV so that I can hear the true atmosphere that is Carter Finley's game. Because I'm getting chills thinking about it. Because it was awesome when they played Troy. I can only imagine what it's going to be like this weekend. We're the, I mean, I always been saying it. We're the most underrated fan base. We have the most underrated tailgates and being underrated. It's fine. I think, I think being underrated is actually a good thing because when people come and see us, it's like, Whoa, I didn't know you like, like what you just said. Whoa. I didn't know you guys turned out like this much being, we have the most underrated fans, most underrated game day experience most underrated student tailgates, fraternity tailgates. Um, everyone gets along. Everyone's really fun to be around with. Uh, so, but if you're listening, if any state, fan, if you have, if you work at NC State, if you work at Carter Finley, you work the electronics or anything, and you listen to this podcast, somebody in Raleigh, get this out there. Make that clip of Dabo on the big screen. You have to make it like that. So, it's got to so, be a thing every time Clemson comes to Raleigh. It just yeah, Nick, has there's to. There's a girl I follow on, on my personal social media. We've interacted a little bit. She used to work at Wake. I had to, when I was interviewing a, a kid I was hiring when I worked for the ACC, she was a point of reference for him. Uh, her name, I'll actually I'll leave her name out. But she now works at NC State in their marketing department. So I am going to... I'm going to find that clip first. I've actually never seen this clip. So go. I know exactly where it is. If you can go send me the clip, send it, send me the clip in my DMs. You have my personal Twitter. Send me gotcha. the clip. I will forward it to her again. I don't know if we can make it happen, but hell, it would be sick if it does. And I'm just saying, Nick, if it does happen, we're taking credit for this. We're so taking credit as, for this. As soon as we get off the podcast, Nick, I want you to tweet out that clip. Tweet at NC State. Like, tag as many NC State things as possible and say, we need this to be this. Like, let's start a movement. I'll share it with Brooke. Oh, I just name dropped. Oh, well, I'll share it with <laughs> See if I can get her to put it on there. And we can try to get that going because that would be, again, I won't be a Carter Finley, so I won't get to see it. But, oh, man, that would just be, I mean, that, that would be more legendary than the gopher on the video board doing field goals at Minnesota games. Like, that would just be, that would be better. And that gopher on the video board is sick. So, yeah, uh, I'm excited, Nick. This is going to be a fun week. I'm a little frustrated because my team has a big game. I wish I could be on coast mode this week and just enjoy the games. But, you know, at least Virginia Wake should be fun. And I'm kind of glad it's on Friday night. So that way 
If I if Virginia loses, I can be pissed off Friday night into Saturday morning, and then I can forget about it Saturday and watch a bunch of great football. So uh, I'm definitely excited that Virginia's next two games are weeknights so that I can watch the games and hopefully get over it a little bit quicker than I would if it's on a Saturday, or at least the point where I can enjoy the Saturday games a little bit more. So anyways, Nick, send us off, you know, again, on my end, you know what? This week does mean a little bit more. I don't even care about our slogan. This week means a lot. This is just going to be a one heck of a fun weekend. I think, I mean, all I, all I know is I need, I need my AC teams to beat teams that are border States to me here in Nebraska with Missouri and Kansas. So it done it's all I need from you guys, but you know, it should be a fun week because you know, if NC state wins, this is going to be a really fun podcast to record on Sunday. If Clemson wins, it means the ACE, the Clemson might be back. Maybe knock on wood. So anyways, Nick, send us off. Just real quick, just answer yes or no. Uh, does the Duke game get more people in it than when they played Northwestern last week? Oh, no. No? No, because if you're a college football, I mean, obviously Duke was competing last week with, with State and Carolina both being at home. But if you are a college football fan in the Raleigh-Durham area, which are you doing? Are you going to watch a 4 o'clock game between Kansas and Duke or are you going to tailgate? Why don't we get into the game? Are you going to tailgate and sit in the parking lot of Carter Finley Stadium for Clemson NC State? And as someone that likes to go to college football games, I'm the only one that would say I'm going to do. And that's only because I know that I'll get a good enough service to watch the Clemson game on my phone at Duke. <laughs> All right. And with that, it just means a little bit less. Can't wait for these games and go ACC.